Hello and welcome to Frontiers, a podcast that gets intimate with cultural pioneers and business innovators to hear their inspiring stories. Brought to you by the Upside Innovation Studio. My life has taken a different path from most people's. I think if it was 400 years ago, I probably would have been burnt as a witch. In this episode, Tracy Emin shares her journey to the frontier of modern art, her philosophy of success, and what she would be doing if she wasn't making art. I've made two seminal works, my bed and my tent. The bed I made 20 years ago, the tent I made 25 years ago, 24 years ago. Um, I'm not trying to break any world records. I'm not trying to create anything new for anyone else. For me, it's just my journey, what I'm doing. If I have some eureka moment and do something that no one's ever seen before and it works, then that's good. But that isn't what pushes me. My personality and my thoughts and my beliefs, they're very forward-thinking. And especially for women, they're quite, you know, enlightening. And it's not just about my work, it's about who I am as a person. Growing up in Margate, I feel that I'm very lucky because it made this fantastic backdrop for my life. People often refer to the sunsets or the seascape in Margate a bit like the Truman Show. And I think Margate was just like this amazing kind of giant curtain, like a giant stage where you could live out what you wanted to. And as a child growing up there, I think I was very lucky in the aspects of the nature, the sea and the sunsets and everything. But the fact that there was a horizon where you could just keep looking, you could see as far as you wanted to see. Whereas when you grow up in a city, everything is closed in, there's always a wall, there's always a building, there's always noise. But in Margate, sometimes you would just look and all you would have is the sound of the sea and something that went on forever and ever. And I think that is subconsciously and consciously an incredible creative space to grow up so that's the main thing for me in Margate and then the other thing with Margate is it was great fun because we had dreamland we had the golden mile it was the 70s thousands of tourists and then as I got older as a teenager it was really hip and trendy every kind of cool group from hell's angels mods rockers teddy boys punks every kind of fraction come down to Margate so you were really exposed to trends fashion music the best parts of a big city My biggest turning point in my career, getting into university and doing my art degree, was the biggest thing because I went from no qualifications to getting a first-class honours degree to getting an MA at the Royal College of Art. And to have that kind of art education is just phenomenal. But after art school, I think it was um, having my show with Jay Joplin, White Cube, even though it was really tiny and understated. And then the next big, big thing was my show at the South London Gallery. When I walked into my own exhibition, I thought, I have arrived. I have a massive problem about deciding what's good, what's bad, what's finished. Sometimes I think something's really, really good, and then the next day I walk in and think it's really awful. Or as I'm painting, I sort of think, I just need a little bit more, and then that little bit more completely destroys what was good. I kill what made it alive, what made it good, and that's really terrible when that happens. But 
With painting, for example, you never learn unless you make mistakes. And sometimes the mistakes you make in a painting lead on to something completely new and invigorating. It stops it from being a parody or stops you from making just another one. It pushes you into a different realm or a different way of seeing something. Sometimes Harry, who works with me, he goes, stop, don't do any more, don't do any more. Because otherwise he knows I'm just about to ruin it. And sometimes when paintings are finished, um, the studio will wrap them up in polythene or plastic and put them in the racks so I can't paint on them anymore. And recently in my studio in France, I had such a good painting and I don't know what I was doing. I just painted too much and completely ruined it. And when that happens, it's quite soul destroying. I couldn't bring it back. I'd killed it. Things that I've learned on the way is that the harder you work, the more successful you're going to become. Because art isn't, it doesn't matter how talented you are naturally, you still have to work out your natural talents. You have to push them and you can't rest on your laurels and you have to push the boundaries for yourself. Otherwise you end up just being a pastiche or or getting bored or being repetitive. And the worst thing is, like, some people replace making art for money. I think that's almost like a crime, in a way. I've never done that. I make art to make art, to learn about myself. And I don't think you should do anything for money if it deviates away from your art process, because in the end, it could completely take over and you might wake up one day and you realise you're not an artist, you're just a glorified designer or you're just being pushed around by other people and that shouldn't happen. I've collaborated with different brands and some of that is fun but some of it really takes off so much time away from your actual focus of how you're thinking as an artist that it could be damaging if you're not really secure and comfortable and have confidence in yourself. So I think artists have to be really careful about, you know, not so much the sponsorship, unless the sponsors then tell the artists what they can and what they can't do or censor them. Because essentially it should be the other way around. The artist takes the lead and everybody else follows. And I always say this, without the artists, there is no museum, there is no curator, there is no art magazine, there is no art programme, there is no podcast. The artist is the person who takes the lead. I'd like to say there is no such thing as an art industry. Industry is fashion, industry is commercial. There shouldn't be a visual art industry. But sadly, I sort of think there is. And I think a lot of people push this financial, commercial side of art and it makes me feel a bit queasy and a bit sick. But saying that, there's always been commerce in art to a great level or a great degree, always. Art has always been used as a a device during wars or cold wars art's always been swapped between different countries or shown in different countries and things like this so the currency of art has always been there even if you think about religious iconography and art in churches and cathedrals and places of religious worship you know I mean over the last thousand years art has always been used as a powerpoint so I'd be very naive to think that it just happened as a recent thing and I'd be very naive to say that finance and art don't go together because of course they do but saying that I don't really want to see art as an industry I want to see it as an individual I want to see it as my own creative individuality
I'm really um, lucky when it comes to relationships. It's not my strong point. And I have to accept that. I've got really brilliant friends. Um, I haven't been in a relationship for nearly 10 years. And I think, in a way, compounds and makes my art so much more important to me and makes me so much more focused. And I think if I was in a relationship, I'd just sort of, like, become a bit, you know, dilly-dallying and wouldn't be focused. And also, I think it would be hard for... Like, the other night, I left here at 2.30. It wouldn't matter what would be going on. It wouldn't matter what my partner wanted or what was expected of me. I would not have left what I was doing to be with them. And that sounds really selfish, and maybe that's why I'm on my own. My life has taken a different path from most people's. I think for, if it was four. 400 years ago, I probably would have been burnt as a witch, I think. How many witches do we know who had great love affairs? We don't. They never write about witches and their lovers, do they? No. So there you go. I am the biggest Luddite in the world. I am useless. I can't... I can't... I use my telephone all the time, and I've had a tele mobile phone for 23 years or something. I was one of the first people to ever text message, because I like writing. Um, but I can't even, now, I can't even use, I can't even use a laptop or whatever. I've got everything. I've got one of those really nice new iPads. I've got an airbook. I've got everything, but I can't use them. I'm just useless now. And um, in terms of, like, any gadgets, anything, I'm... I'm, I'm just terrible. I'm just not a 21st century woman when it comes to those kind of things. So just, I'm much more telepathic. I've just been in a taxi talking to a taxi driver and he said to me about my success. And he said, it's great, woman like you, self-made. And I said, yeah, it is, isn't it? Because there aren't many female artists that are recognised. There aren't many female artists in terms of history that are recognised in the street or that are role models for lots of other young women. To achieve that as an artist, regardless of being female, within a lifetime is pretty amazing. But my main success is the pleasure in what I do. I'm so lucky that I love what I do. You think about the amount of people, no matter how hard they work so hard all their lives and they hate what they do. They never get job satisfaction like I do from mine. It's a gift what I have. And I think when I was younger, I kind of abused that a bit. I'm never anymore. Every day I wake up and think how absolutely lucky I am. And even with the things in my life that I'm not so happy about, you know, the one thing that is really brilliant is what I do and the pleasure that I get from it. So forget about any financial reward, forget about accolades or any ego things from the external ego moments. Internally, my success is that I'm so happy with what I do. If I wasn't an artist and I had a choice about what I'd be doing now, I'd like to have some animals, I'd like to have some llamas and some falabellas and some chickens and maybe some miniature ponies. All the animals would be really, really cute. And I'd like to have a little, in my house in France, I'd like to have like a little animal farm and grow lots of vegetables and flowers and cook every day and just live. I mean, that was what I would like. But the reality is that if I hadn't have been an artist, I don't think I'd be alive now. I think I'd be dead. I think arts kept me alive. I'd like to be remembered 
as being a good person, not a bad person. And so that goes back to the success thing. There's a hell of a lot of successful people out there, but they weren't good people. So to be good and be successful, that's quite a challenge in this world. So, um, yeah, I'd like to be remembered as a good person. And of course, I'd like to be remembered for my art. You've been listening to the Frontiers podcast, brought to you by The Upside, an innovation studio that partners with the world's leading brands to find, design and build business opportunities on their frontiers. To find out more, visit theupside.net. If you enjoyed this story, subscribe to Frontiers and post a review on iTunes. It really helps other people discover the show. And if you've never told a friend about the podcast, try it and see how grateful they are.